Greetings in the Lord Jesus. Good to see y'all here. Even if we aren't crowded, we've got a pretty nice crowd. So. Maybe for a change of position, let's stand for prayer. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning for this privilege to worship you together. Thank you that we can be here in spite of the coronavirus and in spite of everything in the world. May our hearts be turned toward you this morning. Help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. May you be glorified through our time together. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you can be seated. All right, I took my title this morning, Guarding the Heart and Home, or Guarding the, home, the Heart and House is actually what I put, Guarding the Heart and House 101. And I added the 101 because I want to go to Psalm 101 after a while. Well, Proverbs says, I got a new pair of glasses I need to get used, of, get used to the uh, <clears throat> trifocals here, so if I go up and down sometimes you know why. <laughs> All right. Proverbs says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but the companion of fools shall be destroyed. Okay, we know wise men are wise. So Proverbs is saying, Go with wise men if you want to be wise. We know that fools will be destroyed, but this says, The companion of fools will be destroyed. And so 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says, do not be deceived. This is the New King James Version. Do not be deceived. Evil company corrupts good habits. Awake to righteousness. Do not sin, for some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. Talking to those Christians, he was saying, hey, you all, some of you have been hobnobbing with the wrong people. You ought to be ashamed. Evil company corrupts good habits. And so when the children of Israel came into the promised land, God gave them some commands. I'm going to read a little bit from Deuteronomy 12. He told them they were to destroy the people completely, and he told them why. Deuteronomy 12 This is Moses speaking, God speaking through him. These are the statutes and the judgments which you shall observe to do in the land which the Lord God of thy fathers giveth thee to possess it all the days that you live upon the earth. You shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations which you shall possess serve their gods upon the high mountains and upon the hills and under every green tree. And you shall overthrow their altars, and break their pillars, and burn down their groves with fire. You shall hew down the graven images of their gods, and destroy the names of them out of that place. You shall not do so, or you shall not do the same unto the Lord your God. Further down in the chapter, toward the end, verse 28, Observe and hear all these words which I command thee, that it may go well with thee, and with the ch thy children after thee, when thou doest that which is good and right in the sight of the Lord thy God. When the Lord thy God shall cut off the nations from before thee, whether thou goest to possess them, and thou succeedest them, and dwellest in their land, take heed to thyself that thou 
be not snared by following them. After that, they are destroyed from before thee. And that thou inquire not after their gods, saying, How did these nations serve their gods? Even so will I do likewise. Thou shalt not do so unto the Lord thy God, for every abomination to the Lord which he hateth have they done unto their gods, for even their sons and their daughters have they burnt in the fire to their gods. Whatsoever thing I command you, observe to do it, thou shalt not add thereto nor diminish from it. Don't worship me like those people did. Don't worship what they worshiped. And so I wondered, well, what do Americans, what does our society around us worship today? And probably many of the people around us, if you would ask them, would say, well, I don't worship anything. I don't believe in God. I don't have a God. Is that true? Well, we know better. A few hundred years later, David, the shepherd boy that became king, caught the vision that God had for him. He found God's heart. He sought God's heart, and he found it. And as king, he decided, he determined, I'm going to run a godly household. My palace is going to be a godly one. My kingdom is going to be a godly one. And so let's go to Psalm 101 and read there his determination. And I'm thinking this morning about our homes, yes, our households, we as parents. I'm thinking about our own hearts and our own determinations and we can learn some things from David. Psalm 101, a psalm of David. I will sing of mercy and judgment. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. And we sang just a few minutes ago, Jesus of thee shall be my song. I will sing of mercy and judgment. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when wilt thou come unto me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Who so privately slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. Him that hath an high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. Mine eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land, that they may dwell with me. He that walketh in a perfect way, he shall serve me. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. He that telleth lies shall not tarry in my sight. I will early destroy all the wicked of the land, that I may cut off all wicked doers from the city of the Lord. So David has some pretty straightforward determinations, and I suspect he wrote this early on, maybe when he became a king. We don't know exactly, but I like to think that anyway. Where did David get such a determination anyway? Well, he got it from knowing the Lord. Oh, how love I thy law. You know what the next phrase is? It 
is my meditation of the day. That's where he got it from. God's law, knowing God and <laughs> listening to God. <clears throat> there are far too many Christians today that, that only give lip service to knowing God these days, I think. And, and I, I believe we can lack that close relationship with him. We ought to have, too. In fact, we have to keep after ourselves keep after our spirits to, to keep that relationship close. But David knew God. God knew him. He and God were on speaking terms. <laughs> David loved the words of God. He loved the word of God, and he made that most important thing in his life. Psalm 119, just a few verses. The whole chapter, the whole psalm is about the word of God, but the Psalm 119, <clears throat> Oh, how love I thy law! It is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandment, hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me, ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients, because I keep thy precepts. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. might do us good to take that passage and read it about once a day for the next month just to help us remember where our hearts ought to be, where we ought to go first. All right, well, Psalm 101, let's take a look at it here. You find David the king making this commitment to God about his house, about his kingship, and he begins by saying, I will sing of mercy and judgment. Unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. And I think he meant it much like what we did just sing. Of you, O Jesus, will be my song. Of you, Lord, you're the one I'm going to sing about. And I don't think he's talking only about singing, but uh, well, we sing sometimes, take my voice and let it be, let it sing. Well, okay, maybe I can't get the words quite right, but anyway, always only of my king. Always only. What? do Americans today sing about anyway? What does society around us sing about? Well, that's, and if you don't listen to rock music and if you don't listen to rap music and you don't listen to country music, good. But you know what they're singing about these days? <laughs> we don't want to be there. Always only of my king. He's, he's our focus, not all that muck. I will behave myself. Children, did you know the Bible says that? I will behave myself. <laughs> Sometimes I have told some children, behave yourselves. <laughs> well, David says, I will behave myself wisely. According to your word. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? 
by taking heed to your word. I will maintain a perfect heart, a blameless heart, within my house. David was concerned not with appearances only, or appearances primarily. He wanted his heart right. He wanted his home right. You see, in our houses, we can pretty much do what we want, and people don't see it. We think. We know God does. But remember, what's in the heart, even what's in the home, comes out. The things you do in secret will be shouted from the housetop. The things you do in secret that you don't want known, they'll be broadcast for everybody to hear, Jesus said. And so David says, I want in my house, in my heart, I'm going to think with integrity. I'm going to be careful. I'm going to maintain a blameless heart. Sorry, I changed something in one place and forgot to change it another. All right, so in verse 3, you have this, this basic commitment. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I'm just not going to look at it. Well, so David may well have had in mind the idols, idolatry. And I think that applies to us, too. The things that this world worships, I'm not going to set them up in my living room. That's why you never found a TV in my house. Not my house, I grew up in one with one in. Why would we set up an idol in our house that would become a snare to us? Why would we want to when God has saved us out of that? Well, again, what are the idols around us today? What are Americans worshiping anyway? And uh, when I hear this question asked, I've heard one of the first answers that some people give is sports. Okay, and I understand that. We've got the, what, the NFL and the NBA and the... NASCAR, I'm not sure if that's a sport or not. I wouldn't hardly call it one. But anyway, <laughs> I think it falls in there. <clears throat> the college leagues, the county leagues, the little leagues, the pony leagues, uh, I don't know what all they have out there, but our, our society does care a good bit about sports. And yes, I know, I can remember a time I sat in front of the TV and and acted like a fanatic too because the Oakland A's were playing the whoever, whoever, and I wanted them to win. Oakland, the Oakland Raiders, they were back then, and they're long gone, I think. But that's a God. Think about how much money America spends on it. Fun, pleasure, we call it sometimes. If it's not fun, why would you do it? It seems to be the prevailing attitude. Sex appeal, beauty, uh, handsomeness being a hunk, maybe for the men we would say. Uh, those kind of things are gods of today's world. Wealth, work, 
work, a god, well, power or influence, your car, your truck. Probably a lot of them you could just bring right back down to self. Most of them have their uh, roots in there. I'll set no wicked thing before my eyes. I'm not going to put anything between me and God that, that blocks the view of my God the way that I want to see him. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. I hate the work of them that turn aside. Those that leave faith and obedience, I will not let them influence me. I won't let their influence and their works, their deeds, their ways influence mine. So they've chosen to leave God. I'm not going that way. New Testament says pretty much the same thing. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. You know what cleave here means. Cleave is one of those two-way words. It can mean cut it in two, or it can mean stick together. In this case, it means stick. I'm not going to let it stick to me. Those ways, I'm going to be careful that uh, their ways don't become my ways. And I'm thinking here, David's talking about his palace, his kingdom, probably his whole household. You know, when he talked about his house, he lived in a palace. He lived in a whole complex, probably, of buildings. And, and he had servants of all kinds around him all the time. And, you know, he might have had a household of a couple hundred people daily around him. And he's thinking about all of them and the kind of people he wants there and the kind of influences. Well, okay, I'm thinking this morning more about my home what kind of influences do I want in it? And even deeper than that, my heart. What kind of influences do I want to allow? So verse 4, a froward heart shall depart from me. Men of perverse heart shall, de shall be far from me. I think the one translation says, men of perverse heart, uh, distorted heart. People whose ideas about truth are not <laughs> up to par. You want to put it that way. I will not know a wicked person. I will have nothing to do with evil. Not going there, David says. And we should say. People who take pleasure in things God does not take pleasure in. It's not that we hate those people. It's not that we don't have anything to do with them. Uh, we should be like uh, Peter said, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Was it Peter or Jude? I forget. Well, anyway, I think I found it in Peter. <laughs> Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Yes, we love people. We want them to be saved. And yes, we can relate to them, but no, they cannot be our close friends. They cannot be allowed to influence us in the wrong way. Whoso privately slandereth his neighbor, him will I cut off. 
David says, if I hear someone in my house gossiping about someone else, they're out of here. Not going to have it. Don't need that influence. Have no place for such in my administration, in my house. <laughs> and I know we all sometimes find ourselves saying things about others that aren't the nicest. And we say, oh, well, but that's just the way it is. I'm just saying it like it is. Oh, really? That's what everybody says with gossips. If we don't have anything good to say, if we can't say anything good, if what we say isn't upbuilding, we better look pretty close at what we're saying. And in our house, we don't want that. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart, will I not suffer? A person who's full of himself, the braggart, the one who seems he can't talk about anybody but himself, the loud mouth, the selfish person, I can't endure keeping them in my household, David says. Do you ever, and this happens occasionally to me, I'll leave somewhere and I'll think, you know what, I talk too much about myself there. Did you ever do that? Oh, that's a good thing to think now and then. <laughs> we need to keep an eye on ourselves. Just, But I think we've all known people that we've just kind of, well, we got away from them as quick as we could because the way they talked and kept on talking. And again, I'm saying, talking about people in my house, well, yes, that's the way David talked about it. But, but we need this kind of commitment in our homes, the kind of influences we're going to allow. on ourselves, on our families, and it should go without saying that there are certain things we aren't going to allow our families to do. My children would start gossiping. I would soon shut them down, tell them this isn't the way we do, or my wife would probably do it quicker because she was with them more most of the time. But I'm talking, too, about things like the influences we allow into our homes, the reading material, the books, the magazines, radio, and uh, I'm still with those that say you're just probably better off without it, period. Television shouldn't have it at all. We just don't need it. Internet access, you need to be careful. It needs to be filtered. It must be filtered, and you must be careful, and you can't just allow anything. If you have it, if you need it, use it very cautiously. And remember that the next generation is a whole lot more tech-savvy than you are, and uh, you better be careful because most of what's out there on it is filth and not good for you or your family. And I say most, and I think that's true. Uh, though there's lots of good things there, too, then, and it's getting more useful and more needful for lots of things along the way. That's, that's all true. This is made by ungodly people to promote worldly goals, and so they are not concerned about holiness in your home. They are not concerned about your heart, and so you must be cautious. We must. We live in the world. We're not of it. It's somewhat the same thing. We're in it. We see it every day around us, the sin and the nakedness and the the way people act and you know on and on you go 
but we've got to have the barriers up so that that does not become part of our way of thinking. Well, the apps on your phone, some of those you need to watch out for, the social media, and there again for most uh, open, what they call it, open platform kinds of social media, I'd say you just don't need to be there. Get something that's closed that you can control. The music we listen to. And I already mentioned we don't need the rap and we don't need the rock and we don't need the country and western and we don't need the southern gospel and we don't need the contemporary Christian music. Sorry, we just don't. And I've been there. I've listened to all of them except for the rap and I tried not to listen to that very much. That came along after my time, sort of. Again, most of all that is produced by worldly people with worldly goals under Satan's dominion and they don't care about your holiness or your home's holiness. You see, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but he that is a companion of fools shall be destroyed. David had some clear boundaries. He had some very definite things that he said he was going to do. Now, a little later in his kingdom. He slipped some. Uh, and so we need to constantly make sure we keep our, our boundaries where we set them. He didn't do so well when he you know, went out that day and saw Bathsheba. Something wicked came before his eyes. And it wasn't necessarily the fact that he saw her, but it was what happened, what he kept doing. Well, keep going here. Verse six. This is the uh, this is the only verse from three to eight where he talks about what he will do instead of what he will not do, <clears throat> and it pretty much says it all. <laughs> Get this part right, and that will help the rest. I am going to focus on faithful people. My eyes shall be upon the faithful of the land. They're the ones I'm looking for. They're the ones I want around me. They are the ones I want in my house. The person who walks carefully, perfectly, that person will be my servant. It makes sense. Employers want faithful people. They want people that they can count on. They want people that they know aren't going to waste a lot of time loitering and talking and doing whatever they shouldn't be doing instead of working. We know that. We're looking for people who mean business, people who's, who have proven character. You know they're going to follow the Lord. They're faithful in the little things, and you can count on them to be faithful in the big things. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. We're trying to grow in faithfulness. We're trying to teach our children faithfulness. We want only examples and people and influences that are going to help us to that goal. And if we're serious about it, we'll do like David and say, this is it. This is what comes into my home. This is what comes into my heart. Not that, not that, not that. No place for that. There's, we're going to draw some lines. We have to. Well, David keeps going. He that worketh deceit shall not dwell in my house. He that tells lies, he's not going to last long in my sight. 
Well, I think that's kind of his meaning. I'm getting them out if uh, they're dishonest or deceitful. I don't, they're not welcome in my home. They're not welcome in my heart. And the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. And there again we find ourselves, if we're human, I think that applies to most of us, we find ourselves, our hearts, doing deceitful things sometimes and we have to get in there and change them again and ask the Lord to help us to, to keep them going in the right direction because it's so easy to excuse my wrong thinking, my wrong ideas, my wrong attitudes, my wrong responses. We can't do that. We shouldn't do that. Verse 8, I will early destroy all the wicked of the land. I think David's making a commitment as the king here. I'm, I'm going to get wickedness out as much as possible. I'm going to cut off the wicked doers from the city of the Lord. And so, yeah, we have to take some drastic actions. I became a Christian and I did a few drastic things. I got into my closet in my living in, in my bedroom and I took out the that little uh, ammo box that I kept, World War II ammo box, and took some books out of it and got rid of them. Zane Gray, Westerns, some a whole lot worse too, by the way. I went over to my record player and got rid of some records, the Doobie Brothers and Led Zeppelin and who knows what else. If you know anything about those, well anyway, if you don't, that's fine, I'm glad you don't. Um, they had to go. Early got rid of them. The TV, I didn't have any use for TV as a Christian. That wasn't all. Later, time went on. I didn't need to go to some of those concerts with my sister, the Southern Gospel, the uh, contemporary Christian music again, Sammy Hall. The only song I remember by him is A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Hell. I got saved, saved, saved. And you look at him and you wonder, really? Okay, well, anyway, I mean, long hair. I knew what the Bible said. I was reading it. How does he do this? So I didn't need them in my house either. And we have children. Every now and then we'd clean off some more books. Decide, well, you know, I don't think we need this here after all. It doesn't look the most helpful. Do we want our children reading these? Well, they weren't necessarily bad, always. Bad, bad. So David got pretty drastic here, I guess. Going to go out and get rid of all the wicked people. Well, yes, in our households, in our hearts, it's got to go. It's got to go. And so you look at this psalm and you think, well, it's a pretty negative psalm. All this stuff that David says he's not going to allow. <laughs> and yet, uh, I would say it's very positive, a very positive commitment there at the beginning. Of thee will I sing. I'm going to sing about mercy and judgment. I'm, you, I'm going to focus on. I'll behave in a perfect way. 
I didn't comment on that phrase in verse 2, oh, when wilt thou come unto me? And it seems like the various commentators haven't quite figured out what to do with that part yet. And I don't know that I know either. But I wonder if it might be something like this. When will you come to me? When I've kept my heart clean, then I know you will. When I live in such a way that you can come to me. And too many Christians kind of treat life, like I said about this psalm, it's really a pretty negative psalm, right? They treat the Christian life that way. It almost seems like it's a list of stuff I can't do. I can't do this and I can't do that. <laughs> and it's not meant to be that way. It is not that way. If it is that way for you, well, you need to work on it. You need to change something. See, I could, I was thinking about this, I could turn to our rules and discipline and, and read about many wrong influences, some of them I've mentioned here this morning, that we would recommend or ask you not to have, that the church has decided not to have in our homes. And in fact, there are 21 of them. I looked at them just this morning. 21 areas of, quote, nonconformity which is pretty much saying, here are ways that we who know the Lord ought to be different from the world. And we could say, oh, it's terribly negative. You mean I can't do that? <laughs> but I like the way it starts, that section. Let me just read you a little. Part two, the Christian life, it says, the believer experiences the new birth. Oh, have you been born again? Is there something glorious about that? The believer experiences the new birth. He's a new creature through the regeneration of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in you? Making you over new? Don't you have something to be happy about? <laughs> Upon repentance, confession, and conversion, and therefore becomes a new creature in Christ Jesus. The Christian life continues to be a growing experience in which each believer must continuously seek to bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and go on from glory to glory. That's a quote, by the way, from the scripture. From glory to glory in his Christian experience. Are you going from glory to glory? Or are you going around with your snoot hanging down? Well, <clears throat> Windows has been just a little bit sore this week. <laughs> once or twice, not necessarily because I stepped on it, but some days we forget, don't we? Well, let's don't forget. Well, it goes on. Article 1, Discipleship and Nonconformity. This is the introduction. Since the Christian is called to a life of discipleship, we counsel members to renew their commitments daily, to exercise themselves in pure religion, to walk in newness of life, and to give their bodies as living sacrifices to God and to avoid being conformed to this world. We have privileges and graces and glories beyond anything David knew. Yes, he knew the Lord, and he rejoiced in it. We've got more. We know him better. We have his spirit in us. Under the new covenant, we've got much more to glory in than he had. And if our mindset is that our Christianity somehow keeps us from doing what we want, we've got it wrong. 
We don't even have what David had. We don't know the Lord like we ought to yet. And we've forgotten what he delivered us from and what he delivered us to. We're not focusing on loving him with all our hearts. We're looking back to Egypt. Dangerous place to try to get to because the Red Sea is still full, I'm afraid. We need to repent and get back to joyfully loving and obeying our God with all our hearts. And then we'll be just as zealous as Brother David was to get the evil out of our hearts and out of our homes and out of our lives and to get the Lord in and all those good things. Let's have a song.